0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Vendors, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Host to another episode of Habs Nightly, uh, Mason is studying for his midterms, so you know what that means. Uh, we've we brought a special guest on today's episode. We're we're joined with Brandon Stanley. He's the co-host of Tracking the Storm podcast. It's a Carolina Hurricanes based podcast, which I'm sure you kind of understood. They have a really good name for their podcast. It works, and uh, he's also a writer for the Hockey Writers, which is, I mean, if you. Care about reading at all? That's one of the best places to read anything about hockey material. But, uh, Brandon, what's going on, bud?
0: Oh, not much, man. Just uh another lovely night down here in Raleigh. Uh, but I appreciate you bringing me on, man. I'm excited yeah, to no, uh, get into some of this stuff,
1: dude. I was actually so excited. I was like, Who the fuck can I grab this week? And I saw we were playing Carolina. I was like, What a perfect story! You know, there's just so much go. going on between us. People are trying to blame it, saying that it we're, we're like the new back and forth picking on each other team. But uh, you mentioned you and Riley. That's something I really love. I really love having uh, Southern born and raised people on my podcast when it's just my days, when it's just like, I guess Wednesdays are Southern night now, but uh, yeah. So you're, you're from Riley. Uh, and I guess just from, you know, someone like me in Louisiana, I never really got to see and grow up with a team. What was it like, you know, you know, growing up and, and having uh, uh, an amazing NHL franchise, uh, you know, right, right in your hometown. Yeah,
0: man, it, it was
1: awesome. And um, so
0: <laughs> I
1: was a big sports guy
0: my entire life, you know, my mm-hmm. entire childhood, my entire family was just big sports family. Um, and I remember my dad took me to a playoff game against the Detroit Red Wings in the cup finals back in 2001. And I was just absolutely hooked. I was about six, seven years old at the time. And you couldn't, you know, get a hockey stick out of my hands from pretty much that point forward. <laughs> um, and it really grew in the area, you know, especially in 01 and 06, obviously, when we won yeah. the cup, like it just exploded. Um And, you know, the Carolina Junior Hurricanes program that I, like, played for growing up, like, that just grew so much in those years. And, uh, you know, it just – it turned into a hockey city, you know. It it really wasn't before that. And, you know, the Hurricanes being good just really, you know, turned a lot of attention to it and just grew youth hockey in the area so much. And nowadays, like – they're spitting out kids like to the NHL and to like big time juniors, BCHL, QMJHL, all over the place. So it's been really cool to see that, you know, progression. You know, it was a little bit after my time where we really started to get that good. But uh, actually, I do have a story, too. Um, <laughs> one year, When you <laughs> we went the Nationals, uh, they actually changed the format of Nationals. So okay. every single team or every single state got a team. And they, depending on, like, how many youth hockey applications or, like, players they had, they kind of bracketed the different states. So one year, we played the Louisiana Ice Skaters at Nationals.
1: Oh, sick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were
0: a little bit ahead of them as a program at that point. We'll put it that way. But uh, (laughs) I I thought it was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: No, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine uh, Louisiana's youth being that great at that time. If I'm, if I'm being truly we, honest with you. We won pretty handily. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm sure it know. was a skull dragging. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Yeah, yeah for me, uh, I love that, though, you know, that, you know, like you said, though, it, it was a little bit after your time when it, it really started, uh, you know, you're seeing, like, these young kids come up and and be, you know, have true potential to be something, you um, I wish I could say a lot more of that for Louisiana, but, uh, you know, from being, just from being from the South, you know, not having a team, it's it's made me really cherish uh, how how much of the South is in the league. I don't fuck with Tampa Bay, and this is beyond beyond just our finals exit after uh, five grueling games, but um, just in all, Carolina's been like a, a, a franchise that I've really liked a lot, especially because it, it got a lot of negative – uh, feedback and you know truly after after what the 06 win there was there was a bit of a fall off but I liked it because I I like the the underdog teams and then I, I'm just going to stick with the south uh you know oh, yeah that's just that's just kind of where I'm at you know I, I'll i love any team from down here except I'll, I actually root for Florida because I'm um <laughs> obviously because I can't stand Tampa but yeah. um uh, <laughs> But no, I love that. I tried to do the hockey thing as a kid. Uh, the Mighty Ducks was about the most we had other than the New Orleans Brass, which kind of folded after Hurricane Katrina. But sadly for us, we didn't really have like a youth movement. We had hockey and New Orleans loved it down here. But you didn't see any uh, anything to try to bring like it as a youth sport, you know, to try to bring a, a, a generations up, as you could say. Um, and I think we really kind of lost – We lost a great opportunity in that because uh, all I wanted to do was play. And then all my friends, because we were, you know, born in the 90s, it was so prevalent back then that we just wanted to do that. And the best they can offer us was like, uh, you know, like uh, gym hockey, you know, on the basketball floor during like rainy days, you know? So yeah. we didn't really get as much of it as we like, but it, it's really awesome to hear about like a, a Southern kid born and raised really get a chance to do that. But uh, I want to move on a little bit to this, uh, to this article you wrote, man. Uh, and if anybody well, obviously everyone who listens, to this podcast is a Habs fan. And, you know, we went through a bit of turmoil uh, with the KK with losing KK. And uh, it's, it's a bit of poetic justice. You know, people, like you, even you said in yours that it, it wasn't based on because we went after Aho, But it, at, at the same time, um, I love that it's, you know, these two teams going back and forth. I think Carolina finally, you know, I, I think got the, you know, the one up, just like you said in your article. Um, it's just they found the guy they really wanted. And I feel at the time, Mark Berger Vance the type of guy that is just looking for future, you know, acquisitions. So I think, yeah, it would have been amazing to have Sebastian Aho. I was lit as fuck for an entire week, like (laughs) dreaming about having him on his team. But, you know, I think it was just, we sent out a bunch of feelers, whereas Carolina has, has been really trying to obtain KK for a while. And, you know, I just, I think that you really put it well in your article and I just wanted to know, I guess, you know, what, what made you write the article? Obviously, you know, this is your, I guess your, your job, but you know, what, what led you to write such an amazing article on this?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the discourse surrounding it was just very tiresome to me. Like I mean, <laughs> as, as smartly as the hurricanes have operated under John Waddell and Eric Tulsky, who's one of the smartest hockey minds out mm-hmm. there. Um, it, they're just not gonna make a play solely because Dundon's pissed off about the AHO offer sheet and go after a guy that they don't want, and and there was they had tried to trade for him like that that's a fact and. Mm-hmm i can't disclose too much here because i don't think i'm even supposed to know but i do
1: know what the trade proposed. let's not let's not fuck ourselves but. brandon i i, I don't <laughs> want you to lose any type of credibility, no no like. no no. it's cool but <laughs> let's just say the trade what bergevin
0: wanted for cockney was absolutely absurd mm-hmm. we can leave it at that um and well i just wanted to break it down from the hurricane's perspective like this is a 20 year old kid 21 year old kid whatever he is yeah um third overall pick for a reason he had a good rookie year and his development got off track so mm-hmm. the hurricane saw an opportunity with what the montreal cap situation was and knew if they match this offer they are going to really screw themselves up next summer when nick suzuki and alexander romanov are up for restricted free agency mm-hmm. and that's just going to give the hurricanes a chance to come back and do it again <laughs> or any other team, you know, not just the hurricanes, but yeah,
1: I, I love the way you put that though. Cause it was like, if, if, if we successfully signed KK to a deal that we really couldn't afford, then there was a hot chance you guys would have came after, you know, yeah. I would, I would truthfully say the better offensive version yeah. of, you know, the two rookies we have. Right. Both, and two I mean, youngsters.
0: And, and that's, that's the point I'm making my article though, is like, the point of an offer sheet is to put the team that has to make that decision in a difficult spot, right?
1: Which you and guys pressed hard. And I was like, oh. The hurricanes fuck. did.
0: Montreal was and <laughs> They didn't, nobody knew what they were going to ask. And again, mm-hmm. that's or what they were going to do. And again, that's the point of the offer sheet, right? You have to really put the pressure on them and make them think about it if you actually want the player. And that's where I think Bergevin fell short in the Ajo offer sheet because it's like, yeah, you want to front load it and give it all these um, signing bonuses in the first year. All right, let's be real here. Tom Dundon is a billionaire. Like he's not going to shy away from signing his best player because of absolutely a, a big signing deal. Yes, but he's he was always going to pay that. Like it was always obvious that the Hurricanes were going to match that. And that's what I didn't really understand from the Montreal point of view. And that's why I think the Hurricanes just kind of in that way, outclass them from an offer sheet perspective.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. And I I like that you, um, in your, in your writing, you also said that they're going to take the Ajo approach into his training, you know, uh, pushing him on a wing position right now, give him, you know, and give him a chance to really get the development. He didn't get a chance to do here. um, And I'll go into that in a second, but, you know, it gives him a chance to learn how Carolina plays and then, if if he plays successfully there's always a chance to slot him back into a center position which is obviously he'll be a little bit better at because it's his it's his dominant you know position
0: right and and aho and martin nages actually as well both started out on the wing Natchez might not even move back to center at this point because he's been great on the wing mm-hmm. but um they're going to be on that same plan and even sveshnikov although he didn't make the switch from center to wing right when he broke into the league, he was playing on the fourth line with Jordan Martinook and somebody who I can't even remember at this point, but <laughs> he was playing like 11 minutes a night. And I had somebody point out to me the other, or saw that somebody pointed out on Twitter, you know, oh, he's not even playing in the first two games What he played in Montreal. And I'm like, they're completely resetting his development. Mm-hmm. And first of all, two games, is which too is what small. he needs. Which yeah. But two games is too small of a sample size to take away anything anyway. Absolutely. But, um, you know, they're gonna ease him in. He's gonna play on the wing. He's gonna get kind of sheltered minutes. And you know, maybe things change about midway through the season. Maybe they don't change till next year. Although I do think it's interesting that ahead of tomorrow night's game, he was practicing with Sebastian Aho and Tabo Teravinan today. He's played with Aho the first two games anyway on the first mm-hmm. line. Um, but now they're moving Teravinen up there too to like recreate our awesome first line of the old right. years. Except instead of Sveshnikov up there, it's going to be um, Kakaniemi, which I'm very interested to see how that plays out in Montreal.
1: I actually, uh, if he gets a chance to play at that, I love that because um, it's a bit of a face rub, you know, like a face wash to Montreal because (laughs) this guy, you know, we we really screwed KK's development over so bad. Um, You know, was he ready for the NHL right away? I think he could have really... Uh, gained a lot more if he would have went to Laval or what have you. But, you know, starting at 18 and being pushed into a situation where the team is just, we were dog shit. I I have no problem saying it, you know, until uh, the, the bubble started during COVID and last year when it felt like we had the pieces right, you know, KK's development was, yeah, he got a lot of chances, but his leash was so short on him that they didn't know what they wanted to do. You see a lot. There was a lot of movement within the team. He never really had uh, true lines to work with. He never gained much chemistry. And, it, you know, developing a kid through, through the, the tough years is always going to be a little bit harder because he doesn't really have some someone to lean on, especially with, like, a great offensive talent to really boost it. There was no way they were going to put him with, with uh, like, a Brendan Gallagher or, or Thomas Tatar or Jonathan Drouin more – like enough for him to really succeed. And I think with, with Carolina, I mean, you guys have a very stacked team and I think that a chance to reset, just like you said in your article, you know, uh, guys that get their second chance, that's when they, you know, they have a really true time to shine because sometimes it just doesn't pan out with your first team. It's the NHL. It's, I mean, athletes in general, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I think KK is a solid player Um, He never really got a chance to show his offensive potential except for that first year. But I think he's a, he's a phenomenal two way forward. He's not the fastest, but his mind is, is really what it's about. And what I'm, I'm noticing on our team in these dreadful couple games I've had to watch is that we're really missing a guy who can win, you know, board battles and, and isn't afraid to get crushed up over there. I miss KK because Uh, When he came back after I think it was his spleen, uh, he came back with such tenacity uh, in the in the bubble system that I was like, wow, if this is what we get to see, I don't want to hear anybody say anything negative. Not only is he he's being an offensive, you know, mastermind right now, but he has no problem playing the body and his just defensive mind is really clicking right now. And I just think that it's really going to soar with Carolina.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to fit really well in the system. And just that's really the thing that stood out to me most in the first two games was just how willing he was to initiate contact and go work along the boards and in the hurricane system under Rod Moore, like they're going to love that. It's just going to fit so well into the aggressive forechecking style that I, I mean, I just, I see exactly what they had in mind with him, you know?
1: Yeah. And uh, last year he fit well, but it seemed that, you know, he didn't get enough chances that he truly deserved. Uh, me and Mason went back and forth. Mason said, who do I would who would I rather want as my first center uh, on this team in the future, you know, between Suzuki and Kaka Niemi, And I said I wanted Kaka and Niemi. And yeah, it might not have been from like an analytical mind, but I was looking at it as look, we have someone like Philip Deneau as our as our number one. And I don't I don't think KK's gonna you know, be more defensively than he is offensively. But I felt like he had the potential to be that true bruiser that was strong enough offensively to have a top, a top pairing, you know, potential in him. But we, we just never really utilized him well. And then this season, it seems like we're trying to get back to like the flying Frenchman era. Uh, we're not really attacking hard on people. We're not making it hard. Like uh, I feel like I'm watching the most predictable game of hockey every night uh, and it's it's miserable, and I, it, it makes me you know just miss all of the key members we we lost. But KK was like the future. I still felt he had such an integral role into this, especially with the likes of Cole Caulfield coming in and Nick Suzuki's like rise, you know. And I mean, I'm fucking rambling, but Nick Suzuki really made sense in it because if you look at how he came into his development, we had a team that was kind of built, whereas when KK came in this team was like for sale. We, we were just moving pieces around it and, and Suzuki didn't have that much problem. We had a, a well team built around him. And it's, you know, his first true season with us, he got paired with tofoli and then the likes of like a Josh Anderson, you know, swapping back and forth. KK never really got that. And I, I don't think that's fair to his development, considering you brought him in at 18 and forced him through the dog years to get here. I think with Carolina though, there's just so much talent on every line I wouldn't be surprised if he could find success at at any level.
0: Yeah. And yeah, for sure. In the top nine, especially like we really went back and forth when we were trying to figure out, you know, where's he going to play? And really we expected it to start with Jordan stall. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I mean, how many guys in the league could be a better kind of mentor, especially as a center than Jordan stall. And it's a third line role. Like they'll create offense still. It, you know, it's not going to be an Ajo Tara pairing level of offense, but He's going to get to show his two way game and learn from, you know, Rod Brendamore, who was one of the most well respected, uh, centers of our generation, two way mm-hmm. forwards, and then Jordan Stahl, who was almost like a reincarnation of his, you know, head coach. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, they're just trying to hit the ground running with him and sticking him on the first line and trying to see what he can do in that first, uh, first year, see if he can get off to a bang of a start.
1: Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I really love it because, you know, just cause he's gone, uh, he'll be probably uh, like my second Carolina jersey I own. Especially if, uh, if I, you know, like you said, if there's a possibility of of them signing something around like a a, f- a four million deal, whatever, whatever term it'll be, uh, I'd love to own a jersey of his. Uh, I've been wanting a, another Carolina one. I haven't had one since the storm, so it's it's time for me to just kind of. Whittle down my, you know, fantasy numbers of how many jerseys I want, and and get get something one that I really wanted from the Canadians. Just happens to be in a southern market now, which which I'm super excited about. But um, let me get uh, let me get your predictions on what you think KK is capable of with with your team now, because I think that we expected more from KK here, but it wasn't fair because he never got a true chance to do it.
0: Yeah. Um. I actually put out a bold predictions piece uh, right before the season started. I guess love last it, <laughs> and uh, I I said KK is going to score sixty points, and let's go. The bold prediction. <laughs> right? Let's well, yeah. And the idea of a, of a, of an article like that is to kind of have fun with it, and mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you don't actually expect something like that to happen, but it just gives you an opportunity to talk about the guy, right? But really when I was doing this or doing this piece, I was just really thinking like, I should really be saying this for next year, but I mean, that's boring both predictions for this year and then say next year, he's going to, you can't do that. But next year I think is the year that we're really going to see and me shine. He's going to have a full year in this system. Um, And I expect him to be a 50 point guy, if not a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, The hurricane center depth is the real question I have with him because even coming up through the system, they have Jack Drury who's already, you know, Throughout preseason, he was kind of pushing, knocking on the door and really pushing for a role. Um, and he's a pure center, like very, very good two-way forward, um, elite in the faceoff dot. Like that's not the kind of guy you move to wing. Um right. and they also have some jameson guys like Jamison Reese. Um, even Seth Jarvis has played at center, but he's probably gonna break in on the wing. They have a ton of centers, is what I'm getting at. So I'm actually wondering if he's gonna end up like Natchez and stay on the wing here. Um but he, you know, kind of what you've been talking about before, like he's another guy that's really, really good down the middle. You know, he was always brought up as a center and he played over there in Finland. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just going to be interesting to see how that shakes out um, after he's had a year under, like I said, Brenda Moore and learning from guys like Jordan stall and Sebastian. Naho. Um, but I think the is the limit for him here. Really? He's just another like threat for the hurricanes to have anywhere in the lineup to an already deep team as we're talking about so I think he could easily be a 50 point guy
1: here within the next year hey look uh I don't I don't think that's wrong you know I think these bold predictions in the beginning there's going to be a couple of hot takes in there but I think (laughs) this one's pretty spot on I think this is about you know like like a mid rare stake. you know it's it's really where you want it you know so I'm (laughs) I'm not I'm not shitting on on that at all I think that's a a hot at a that's beyond a hot take. I think that's, that's pretty spot on. Uh, I love that you did bring up, you know, uh, some of these Finnish players. And in your article, you also wrote that um, how impactful it could be for him to, to not only just play with a couple more Finns. Yeah. There was, a, you know, they had Lekanen and, and uh, Armia on, on the Canadians, but uh, playing with, with, you know, some of the best Finnish players in the league well, in of Finland right now, you know, you got Tivu Teravainen, who was, my favorite acquisition for, uh, for, excuse me, for Carolina. Uh, I, I thought he was amazing in Chicago. Uh, thank God Chicago just can't run their money correctly, and you know <laughs> Carolina got him because I was like, oh, everyone's gonna overlook this kid in fantasy, and I pick him every year, and <laughs> he's just he always just gets me these squeaky, you know, just just gets me past what I need, but uh, you know, him. Uh, Ajo, and then who, who they had as a goalie? Uh, was it Frederick Anderson and Fred Anti Ranta? Anti Ranta, yeah. So I think, I think oh, yeah, that's yeah, what... you're talking about finished players, yeah, Renta. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Either or we, we yeah, can get yeah, the yeah. goalies, but uh, no, I think you guys made some excellent moves in the offseason. Um, but as far as KK's concerned, I'm just super happy that he gets a second chance because I felt he was dealt the short stick in Montreal. You know, they say these like. You know, the, the original six teams, especially Montreal, though, they hold you to such a standard, almost like, you know, Toronto does the same. And if you don't succeed, you, you see someone like Jonathan Drouin, he comes in, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, his mental problems came from just the team. But it. I can't imagine what it's like to have this much pressure on you at such a young age and, you know, the people to really just hate on you for you never really getting a true opportunity to be successful. And I think this is a team where he can be successful because it's very youth-oriented. Uh, Rod Brendamore is, like, one of the best coaches out there, and I think he's, like, the perfect person for KK to look up to. He, he had an amazing career, and truthfully, you know, I would love to see him turn into, into a veteran like that. So if we if we can get anything out of him like that, I think Carolina – is set even with, uh, even with like the moves of, of like a Dougie Hamilton. I think, as you said, people, please read this article. It was, it was so well written. Uh, it, it hit on so many key factors, you know, uh, like the uh, Elias Lindholm, you know, just it just not working out sometimes. And and even, uh, y'all's y'all's young goalie that y'all just moved to Detroit, you know, it was, you know, the way you put it was just it, it made me double, double think about it. And I was okay. This is actually, this is well written. This is. Is a good idea. You know, uh, you need someone that, that his numbers, you know, excuse me, his numbers were better. Well, you looked at his AHL numbers and just because he had, you guys went on a tear for his 29 games. I mean, the team itself was on fire. You know, how much can we really predict that to be his true form? You know, not just an, an over-exaggeration because the team's just flowing. So uh, man, I, Fuck, dude. I feel so stupid because we just had terrible education down here. If I could be any any type of writer, I I, I would just wish to be able to to have an article like that. Uh, But it would be fucking on scratch paper if I had to turn it in. But uh, (laughs) let me let me get uh, let me get a prediction, not of tomorrow's game. Uh, I know the fucking ending story of that. We just got washed (laughs) by San Jose. I'm not interested in what tomorrow brings. But let me let me get your predictions on next season, because I really I mean, not this season, uh, because I really think Carolina, this is this is a great opportunity. It's a good year for them to really continue to prove that they're going to get better and better until we finally see them in the finals again. Yeah, man.
0: Hey, like we were saying, though, hockey's a funny game. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling that way right now. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, We had a conversation similar to this on our pod last week, just, you know, kind of trying to guess at what the Metro would look like and the league as a whole, what it would look like this year. Um, And I honestly think the Metro is the Hurricanes is to lose. Um, I I just – I feel like it's Mm -hmm. watered down a little bit from the murderer's row it used to be, like before last year, when obviously they uh, broke up the divisions differently. Um, Washington's always going to be a factor. The Islanders are a great, great regular season team. Mm -hmm even though they're not that great in the playoffs, but you know, regular season we're <laughs> <been> talking about <laughs> um, and Pittsburgh, as far as them, it always comes down to our, Arma- Armalkin and Sidney Crosby healthy and Crystal mm-hmm. Tang, guys like that. If they are, they're going to be there. If not depth is a big issue. So ultimately, yeah, like I said, I, I don't see why the hurricanes wouldn't be a 104, 106 point team this season that, you know, wins the metropolitan division. Um, And then that's when the real story is going to begin. It's like, you know, we've had three years now. Yeah, three. Geez, I can't even remember. (laughs) Three um, Stanley Cup appearances now. Uh, It's like, have they, you know, learned from those experiences enough yet to overcome a team like Tampa Bay that's been there, that's, you know, knows what it takes to win the Stanley Cup or Boston? You know, Boston was another, they were the barometer when the Hurricanes first made the postseason. It's like, if you can beat Boston, you know, you're for real. And they got washed by Boston two years in a row in the postseason. So it'll be t- it's just time to see if the Hurricanes have come of age yet. You know, if guys like Aho and Natchez and Svechnikov are ready to step up when the lights shine brightest, because as far as from a talent perspective and, you know, lineup configuration perspective, I think they're just about ready to win a Stanley Cup. And I think one will be coming in the very, very near future.
1: Oh, yeah, man. And speaking of winning, let's uh, just get this out the way. We have another excellent Ad read from our sponsors, DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes on their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. A minimum five dollar deposit. A one dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/slash/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Man, I have I- like a problem with wager required. <laughs> I always want to
0: say rager required.
1: <laughs> well, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I keep, you know, toot my own horn when I'm with Mason because, like, if I do this, you know, we used to record it before or after, and I would just add it, you know, I would just add it in, and now I'm trying to do a live ad read, and I swear. I'm getting so much better at the live one because if I stop this recording and try to edit after I'm doing like seven takes and I can't, I can't stand it. I'm looking through the editing and I think it's the right one. And then I add one that's just got a bunch of, uh and pauses. And, and I, it just sounds sloppy and terrible, but man, uh, Brandon, before we get up out of here, man, I just want to thank you for coming on. And uh, before we let any guests leave, we'd like to give them an open floor to, you know, maybe you got another article coming out, uh, shout out your podcast, uh, where we can find you. Uh, it really, we just leave the floor open for you to, to say whatever you want. Uh, because this is our way of thanking you for coming on.
0: Oh yeah, man. No, I I really appreciate it. I, uh, appreciate any chance I get to come on and talk hockey to anybody really. So anytime, uh, feel free to reach out. Like I said, I'm more than happy to do it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, i Put something out on the Hockey Writers pretty much every week, at least once a week. Um, and I am working on something right now that should drop, if not tomorrow, early Friday. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And uh, our podcast, Tracking the Storm, drops every Friday. So we'll have a fun one this week. Um, actually, we might drop it a little bit early before the Canadians game tomorrow, so we can kind of preview that. So that will be out tomorrow as well. Um, and, again, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to the Bayou Benders and uh, listening to
1: <laughs> – Let's bullshit on here for a little while. It's been fun. Oh, yeah. Brandon, where can we find y'all on Twitter?
0: Oh, at uh yeah. Sorry, I probably should plug. You're that fine. Shit. Well, I just want to uh, plug
1: the shit out of your stuff, bud. Yeah, it's uh
0: track <laughs> the track of the storm is at TTS underscore pod for tracking the storm. So TTS underscore pod. And then uh I'm on Twitter
1: too at BW Stanley26. Awesome, man. It has been a pleasure, folks. Keep a lookout. Bayou benders will be working for the hockey writers soon. It'll be a one paragraph essay with the, the most run on sentences you've ever seen in your life. Uh, Very poorly written, but it'll, there'll be a chunk in there that that's meaningful. Uh, (laughs) Brandon, man, it was really awesome having you on uh, this evening, man. Uh, I really hope we could pull one out, but I think KK is going to get the, uh, the just desserts tomorrow. Uh, I, I don't see this train derailing for the Canadians anytime soon, but uh, major success for the Carolina hurricanes, man. And, and to you guys as well, you know, you got two other uh, co-hosts. Uh, I love that you guys are on the network. Just love talking some Southern hockey, man, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And uh, you're always welcome to come on, bud. All right. Great. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, folks, I want to thank Brandon for coming on the podcast and talking a little bit about Hurricanes hockey. Uh, I really want to get into the San Jose disaster that happened Tuesday night, but Mason was so fired up about that that I think we really need to save it for Sunday. That way, we get uh, the San Jose game in there, we get the Hurricanes game in there, and let's see how KK does. You know, I know that we, you know, some of y'all hate him, some of y'all love him. I think this kid's really going to show out there and, and prove that he really deserved the chance. It's just something that was not going to work here with what we were building. And that's just the way it is sometimes. But folks, uh, I think that's going to be it for today. Thank y'all so much for listening. As always, please follow us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. If you have something to say to us, call in, if you want to leave a comment, please check out our uh, speakeasy where you can leave a 90 second comment uh, and we will air it on air and we'll discuss it. We'll laugh about it. We'll do whatever, you know, whatever's on it. We'll we'll do our best to do it. If you want to shit on me, awesome. If you want to say Mason had an amazing take the other day, perfect. But anyway, you can find that at www.speakpipeforward/habsnightly.com. As always, folks, go Habs. We hope you have a great rest of your week. And this has been Habs Nightly. We'll talk to you later.
0: are listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get your podcasts from